0: Welcome, welcome to Conversations hey. with My Cuz. I am Shayla Shay Lachey, and it's me, your girl Michelle with one L.
1: Now, brother, love the man to love DJ Big Rob. Well, well, well all right,
2: the man to love—he did something new this week. Yes, happy Sunday, guys.
1: I love. What's up, ladies? How was your weekend?
0: Everything
1: is everything. Sun is you know, shining. I will not complain. All is well with the world. Absolutely not. Absolutely. How about not. you? Oh man, I can't complain. I did a a special barbecue 20th anniversary. Um, this this family was was just an amazing family. These guys took like two hours to to uh, say how great. You know how you go to a pl- function and they like, oh well, the wife. Oh yeah, to my to to the wife or to the husband. It was to both of them. Mm -hmm. And it was like it had to be at least 40 people. And they were talking about how their marriage set the tone on them wanting to get married and have more productive relationships. I've never seen so many grown men cry in one location. It it was like that. I'm like, I can't keep nobody 20 minutes.
2: I'm
3: trying. (laughs) Were they
2: showing emotion?
1: Yeah, 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 you know, but you know, you know, you get caught up in the moment. Yeah, we're going to talk about emotions later, but um, <laughs> but Not yeah. Emotional
2: was, men. Not emotional
1: was, men. Amazing, and it was the second, it was the second marriage for the both of them. So wow. they have outside children and then they have one together, but I can't get into the story because we don't have time, but yo, right. I was sitting there like damn, you know, I was a little worried out myself, like, <laughs> These people are fabulous. <laughs> I
3: love
2: that. I love hearing stories like that because man, black love is everything. You know what I mean? Especially when you can find somebody that you've been with for 20 years.
1: 20 years. It's 20 years. They met, they met, they met 30 years ago and he was in player mode and she couldn't take it. And okay. then they reconnect. They had different families, other marriages, mm-hmm. and those marriages didn't work. Then they came back and reconnected. But it was it was really, really a great story and shout out to Van and his family and stuff. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed myself.
0: Very nice. Love it. Love that's it. I a,
1: love that's that. That's something to toast
0: too,
2: I think. Yeah, Absolutely. it is. Right? Yeah. You're going to be it's my DJ at my 20 year anniversary. Y'all yeah, won't get,
1: yeah, yeah, get married now. Y'all yeah, won't get You're married.
2: You're going to be 70 years well. old on the turntables, but it'll be all right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But
0: yeah. Longevity yeah. in your career. Absolutely. Right.
1: I'm, Van his pull family, pull my, family. I'm pulling my retirement. <laughs>
0: That's yes. right.
1: shout out to 20 years 20 years of marriage
0: love it mm. I don't need <sighs> another sip I was at brunch all day today so you was oh,
1: somebody Ooh. might be emotional today
0: yes. <laughs> like it might have been you but what else is going on what's trending these days DJ that's your thing um,
1: well you know we're going to have to talk about what went down in Detroit all of America knows it um, Monique and D.L. Hughley.
3: Mm, um, okay. Evidently,
1: it was, a, it, was a, it was a dispute over who was going to go on stage last, first the last, who was the closer, who was yeah, the headliner. Um, Monique did not like what happened. And uh, she made it really, really personal. She made it really, really, really personal. Okay. So I'm wondering, ladies, how, how do y'all feel about the situation? Let's go there first.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I got I got something to say. <laughs>
1: Something
3: to say,
2: I'm just, saying, I got, I'm just on y'all. I, I got something to say. Now, my thing is this I mean, just to be brief, um, I do feel like okay, Monique, she kind of went too far with whatever her issues were with the contract and so forth and so on. She had every right to feel the way she feels, especially if her contract says one thing and that's not what's being honored. So if you're mad at that, take that up with the promoters. Her attack on DL clearly was personal from what we understand and then they just kept and to see them both going back and forth was disheartening and it's a little sad to me but then it was like but for her considering that she is to known to be a problem in the industry it just kind of took it over the top and for
0: her it probably is going to be damaging right because you get tired of somebody who's um work ethic is stressful for everybody else around them, right? That it's always a problem. You always complaining. And not to say that there's no, no um, foundation in what she's complaining about as far as fair wages for women, right. et cetera. That's absolutely. But it's also this undercurrent of every time somebody works with her, there's a problem she has a problem so we get to this type of situation what should have been a comedy show right that she should have beefed with the promoters about is about dl Hughley and her personal beef with him and whatever um negative feelings she has overall she's using that platform to rehash everything all over again and that's a problem to me right. like they finally gave her the floor and immediately she's right back where she came from like uh-uh this is y'all doing it to me again right so that's my my issue with it more so than anything else
1: yeah um okay i'm in total agreement with monique and i'm gonna tell y'all why
0: you in, in agreement with her in what way in what way
1: i am in i'm in agreement on how she feels okay the, I've also okay. believed that pressure bus pipes, you know, from, from being in the industry and understanding what, you know, somebody can be a problem in this, that, you know, what people really, really say a lot of the times is people become a problem when problems emerge, you know, I'm not going to get too much into my DJ career, but you know, a lot of the times is I came up quick and it's, it's problems. I've been, Oh, he's hard to work with. No, no, I just, don't, I just don't take certain things. You're not gonna just run over me. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And if you're gonna feel like you have to over, run over me to book me or to do certain things, I will create my own event and make it happen instead of fight with you about whatever the money is and this, that, and other. So if I'm a problem that way, then I'll be that problem. The issue with Monique is, is she did rise quick. She, you know, she's, she's very talented. Um, her resume is outstanding and you know, her resume hangs with probably 90% of the men that are in that, that are in her same field. But when she demands a certain amount of money or she wants to do certain things, she doesn't get that support from, from the other black men in Hollywood In exchange, it feels like you're being attacked. I feel like I'm being attacked sometimes when I'm playing with other DJs in the building and I look at the bill, I'd be like, here we go again, tomorrow night. Rod did something and it it wasn't nothing. It's just because I'm not tolerant. If you say that I go on at one o'clock, one o'clock, I want to go on and I want to get in and I want to get out. If it changes, just let me know and let me have a conversation. So I don't agree with how she handled it, but she had a personal with DL Hughley. She came there to me to have that comedy set I think the the contract issue just made it a lot worse because in her interview on YouTube she said it she haven't seen Dio Hughley in years, so she addressed the issue when they was performing together. So I do, like I said, I I understand, I agree with how she feels. Maybe she didn't have to go about it like that, but beef is beef sometimes. Whatever.
0: So it sounds to me like you agree with her because you also feel personal about it because of things that happened in your life right so you I can, can relate, to relate to what she's saying I think in this situation though even with the contract it wasn't about money it was really about who went first and so there wasn't any unsupport from DL in that way he just believed that he was the headliner so the real issue Right. Had nothing to do with him, per se, except that she had a personal beef. So whether or not that contract situation would have happened, the fact that it looked and appeared to be pre-written, she had every intentions on doing that, whether or not he said or did anything. She just right. used the contract as a way for her to have an open door about it. And that, to me, is a problem because it means you are shit starter. Right in yes, a situation absolutely. that didn't merit it. Right. Agreed. Because if you have a beef with him, you could take that beef elsewhere. You don't use that platform because y'all are here to entertain and perform, not for you to take down your your counterpart um who's pro- co-hosting with you. But you gotta yeah.
1: but you also gotta think about this. Um you know, due to time, and we're not gonna be able to stay on this, but you know, we also have to think about what did he put out on his platform—the things that he was saying about her. You know, I didn't want to get into about the interview and stuff on the radio station. You know, he used his platform in a negative way as well. So, B, yeah, B—that's not the same thing. Though, I don't think. Yeah, I don't okay. think
2: like that's same the same. It's not the same. Right. Okay. Because he he wasn't on a show with her when he did all that. Whatever he did, I'm not I'm not saying that it was right. But she also has the same platform. She could have done it at another time before that right. she could have addressed right. it then she has facebook as she uses quite often to voice her opinion and her concerns about things she could have. she waited until she was standing in front of us sh- people who paid to see her do comedy to talk about this man where she could have done it at any other time
1: but right quick though that it was part of her her comedy performance so it was funny well, the crowd the crowd reaction was was great from what i seen
2: I, I wasn't, seen. There. I wasn't there so i can't say what exactly camera
1: and i i believe like i said before
2: <laughs> wasn't there and
1: she, she wrote, and it. Neither she were wrote you. it and she did it and to me it was it was part of it was part of her it was part of her act so if somebody could get on stage and talk about donald trump and this that and other she got on stage and she talked about D.L.U. but it was in her act it was definitely in her act that was pre-read all right okay
0: well I so degree,
1: we agree. I love you. No,
2: we're gonna put
0: a pin in that because you know, <laughs> yeah, is what it is. We Let's all we all have our ways of viewing it differently, <laughs> differently, but the same. Anyway, <laughs> just a quick shout out to the chat. Right, I see my girl Trey. Trey is in the chat. I see her. I see Jerome in the chat. Hey, what's up, D-F, y'all? So hey, shout hey, shout out hey. to the chat. Um, I also want to take a point to say if. Watch us on our YouTube channel, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Twitch, Spotify, Blue Rain Radio, Instagram, Facebook, everywhere. So, you know, like and share, my friends, like and share. And with come that on, plug.
3: <laughs> come on. That's
0: what time it is.
3: Oh, What man. time
0: is it? What time is it? It is time for Let Me Ask My Cousin.
2: Let me ask
3: my cousin. Hey, we, we here.
1: here. Go. Hey. Go. 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 hey. hey. I will Hey. All hey. right. Hey. All
2: right.
3: All right. Hey. 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 We're
0: not y'all doing this next me. season,
2: y'all. We're coming up with something better than this. We're
0: going to record you. I think that's the only Why thing. Why? I got to be recorded. Do. We're going to get somebody oh, to sing it for no.
1: But what Who was wrong is. with that, that extra note you threw? Like, what you heard, a Beyonce record? Yeah, you know, you know, I was
2: trying to do my little, you know. <laughs> y'all, don't, y'all told me I can't bang on it. The, I can't bang on the, on the table no more. So, you That's know, I was trying right. to get to get don't know, like your beats. <laughs> that wasn't selling my beats, so I had to do something else, you know, to jazz it up a bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got a question
0: for you guys.
3: Go ahead. I got a serious thing.
0: thing. Like, it might take a little bit of, you know, thought process about it. What does it take?
1: To create an extraordinary life, mm. Mm. I'll let y'all hear a Well,
2: um, for me, when I think of an extraordinary life, it's always about first self-care, first and foremost for me. Okay. Um, when you think of something extraordinary, it's out of the ordinary. So that to me means that you really, really, really need to find out what your dreams are. And your mm-hmm. goals are and really go hard, go hard and chase them. Um, <clears throat> um, I think removing all negativity because you can't have an extraordinary life if it's bogged down with a bunch of negative negativity surrounding okay. people. Um I don't know about all, right? I mean, you can't really remove all negativity because you're gonna be in so many different rooms that you, you can't control people, you can only control yourself. Mm-hmm. Um and and yeah, that's I mean this this question requires a little bit of thought. So It does. I see the it in the chat. My
0: head. Trey she mentions a <laughs> few things, money, time, yes, talent, right? I see determination, discipline, focus. Discipline. Discipline is is super important. I think another word that comes to mind when I think about an extraordinary life is intentional. Right? That the things mm. that you desire, right? Not necessarily that it's going to bring happiness but if you're intentional about achieving those things you're intentional about bringing peace into your life and removing people that you know are stealing your joy if that's where it is if it's about just being able to lay down at night and and have peace then being intentional about the people that you allow in your circle right so that was one of the things that that jumped out to me um it says, um, in my experience, uh, someone in the chat, right? Jerome, in my experience, negativity is a part of success. It's going to happen. I mean, everybody's not going to
2: be happy for you. You know, it's going to always I be agree. some sort of negativity you're going to experience. I agree with that. Uh, I, I mean, definitely. like I said, you can only control yourself. You can't control other people. So
0: what they do can only Does affect money, you. Do you think it's you money first, money what? and then other things?
1: I think we left one out. What about self-control?
0: Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um,
1: I don't think
2: money first. I think what ha- first discipline. Discipline to me, I feel like is first. Okay. Because with without it, you can't create anything. Mm-hmm. It's going to be difficult to create a life that you want. Without discipline, because so without discipline, you're all over the place. Okay. So right.
1: Um, like I said, I I just believe it's self control, and I, I believe it's it's peace. Peace is first to me, you know. Like I said, okay. um, it but took it's me- achieving
0: peace. What do you what do you need in your life to achieve peace? Right, right? Oh, yeah. That's part like, of your extraordinary life. How do you get peace in your life?
1: Right, it's basically self control and um, really working with the negativity, embracing negativity. That's the thing, because you you're never gonna be. Uh, people say they keep, you could keep the negativity away, get the negativity away. It's always gonna be there. Embrace it and understand it, and then you have to learn yeah. that, and then you have to really have the control to deal with it. And that's okay. what it is, because if you have so much negativity around you, to me that makes to me that that does like Jerome said, it does equate to success. Mm. Because if if you wasn't where you was at in life, that negative energy wouldn't come to you anyway. So well, that's I why self control was one of the biggest things to me, and it took me a long time to get there too.
0: My my extraordinary life would be to travel the world.
1: Mmm. Rod, do that okay. now.
0: Say international. I super. mean, I mean, just you know, <laughs> be like, don't come home because I I live all over the world. Always yeah, I- have an opportunity to. You know to me that's extraordinary that you're yeah, creating a life that you don't have to wherever you could just go and whenever you want right. to right so money would definitely not be a problem in my <laughs> extraordinary <laughs> life right i would have enough that it's never um an issue
1: hold on y'all hey kim hey
0: anybody that agrees <laughs> hey kim <Yeah. laughs>
1: How are you doing? <laughs> Good guys. So in, guess,
0: in your <laughs> extraordinary life, crazy. if there's not peace, what else would you find in your extraordinary life? Extraordinary life.
1: You know, if I could music all the time, if I could do nothing but music. Okay. That would just be great to me. That 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 would be the best thing in the world for me.
0: Okay. Well, if I and had in to think to about do it, that, Right. Ahead, you'd no, have I'm to sorry. make enough money that 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 pays all your bills.
1: Here she go with the damn money
0: again. <laughs> well, you got well, the only reason why is-
1: well,
0: no, the only reason why he's not doing music every day of his life is because he has to have a job that pays the bills. So in order to eliminate true. that, you would need the music to pay all your bills. Then you could do it. Every day, all no, not
1: I don't mean really you got you got me mixed up. I'm not saying going out to DJ and work for the money on music. I mean just music, just just in my mind, in my brain. Ah, I okay. Bobby Brown said in the interview when he was a kid, he just had to shake his head because it was just all this stuff going on. It was music.
2: That's uh-huh. how I be doing
3: it sometimes. Yeah. So I, I guess be- if y'all if y'all want
2: to touch on that really quick, um, for me, I, it would be just writing. Not having to worry about anything else, just writing and getting books out, putting books out. I would, I out, would also out. have a personal
0: chef in my extraordinary life. <laughs> <You> <laughs> that can have but, that now. Have somebody to clean my house in my extraordinary
1: <laughs> life. That takes money.
0: I know. So for you, I money know. would be at the top of the list, but for you sure. know the. Well, somebody would just put that money to me creating my extraordinary life, right? Because if I had it, it'd be all these extraordinary things going around.
2: I did
0: uh, somebody true. that would plan all of my travel. They would just tell me when I gotta go to the airport and where I'm gonna wind up, and they would set up all my tour guides, all my meals. I would just have to be there, and and say things like, "I don't want anchovies. You know, I want I want salad." <laughs>
3: But uh, being that, it's
1: funny that being that you mentioned travel, I just really wanted to put this out there to so a lot of people, even in our age group, get out and get around. Get out and travel because when wow. we get a certain age, we're not gonna be able to do it no more. I watched my mom travel years, you know, Glowed i been to every continent it could be, and just to see now how difficult it, it is for to get. From point A to point B and how she feels please everybody get out and travel and see what you when
3: can you know. yeah because it's
1: harder. it's harder running through the airports catching flights is it's fun now That's but true. at an old age I'd see them wheelchairs lining I'd be so damn mad at them wheelchairs
0: <laughs> 20- <I used> to- <laughs> <laughs> you rude and the strollers first, right?
1: And they'll be lying. Get your... your I'm to get my ass
4: in the chair if it's
0: going to get me on the flight first. Don't play with me. Exactly. Get
2: you, know, going you a little scooter. Shoot. For no, my extraordinary I was, life.
1: I was flying to Atlanta. It was like 30 chairs. I'm like, if you don't get your ass out, I'm just, I just need a, partying in the parking lot.
0: <laughs> you need to walk into that airport bent over and see if they don't help you out. Oh, oh, oh. So <laughs> they come with the chair.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Exactly. With travel is very important.
0: It is. Well, all right. Anything else for your extraordinary life, show I got nothing
1: Won't else. Move on. All right. Well, we on TV. I can't tell y'all the other things. You know, we got No, to we, talk don't, about
0: that. we don't because we don't.
2: I don't even want to hear it. All. I you. didn't hear it. know okay. i tell you. not hear enough. Don't. Fair we hear enough. We, who, you and the little pinky adventures. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Shout out to salami. <laughs> 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 say, "What is pink salami?" <laughs> they don't want to know. They don't want to know. Okay,
0: let's let's talk about. We have a main topic and we have a wonderful, wonderful guest. And I want to read a little bit of her bio because the bio is ridiculously long because she has had this long career from being a teenager, right? And we all had the pleasure of knowing her from very, very young, kind of like, we could be like, I remember when she was in the talent show, (laughs) like I could go that far. Kia, baby doll Jeffries, right? And as I mentioned, her music career started very young. Um, she was in her early teens in Queens. Um, just always driven, always had a beautiful voice, in my opinion. Yeah, I remember um, she was on Apollo. Her, yes, yeah, I remember she was yes. on Apollo. <laughs> so it gave her um the ability to do a lot of wonderful things. She traveled, she's had this wonderful um relationship with a lot of people in the industry. I can't even read it all to be able to give it to you. However, some of the things that, um, she did in her, um, ability of hustling and networking is that she created this female group, um, called forecast when she was, um, you know, earlier in her career and she's had the pleasure of writing and singing and producing for film and TV and touring the world. As we mentioned in the extraordinary life right so um she's been with a lot of internationally known um, music makers as well to date she is probably best known for singing the hook and verse in akinelli's hip-hop anthem put it in your mouth
3: you know that's my favorite um, record, right
0: yeah, doing that There's <laughs> nobody that doesn't know that hook okay so <laughs> even in being like so who's gonna be on the show I was like well I'm a girl kid this and that and they like huh and I was like yeah she did put it in your mouth. I was like oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> okay. yes now they know who she is so but what brings her to us is really um a new organization that she's been a part of which is called whole life healing and we're gonna let her tell a little bit more about that but It's the, unfortunately, that relationship has a lot to do with a tragedy that happened in her life later on, and she's here to actually share some of that, and that really is what our topic is about. Um, And it's really about mental health awareness and anti-domestic violence, which is what she terms herself, an activist for those, and that's what whole life healing is about. So without further ado, go ahead, Shell, do some drums. Kia Jeffries, aka Kika. Baby Doll. Okay. Kia. Yeah, welcome, welcome. Y'all? You like how I condensed your bio? Yes, you have to. I was
5: like, yeah, I'm going to have to create one of those. I created myself.
0: Yes. <laughs> That's what I want you to tell us about. Tell us about Whole Life Healing Center. and how you got to be in that relationship with them and and where that whole thing started
5: from. So, um, you know, it's still a new thing. I've only known the founder for two weeks. Um, I met her last Monday. So it'll be two weeks tomorrow, actually, of me knowing her. And um, we just connected. She's a young lady from Buffalo, New York. Um, She is a domestic violence survivor. Um, She had to move into a shelter with her five children to get away from her abuser. And um, while she was in the shelter about a year ago, she said the Lord gave her this idea to do a uh, not-for-profit to help people transition out of shelters and into some type of home, help them getting jobs, help them, and, and not just for... Uh, domestic violence survivors, but also people that are homeless, you know, for other reasons, being in shelters. Um, Mm -hmm. She also, you know, she helps feed and um, give uh, necessity items to people that are in college, you know, um, out here on the streets. And she's just a really hard worker. Like I said, we just clicked. We just had a really Mm -hmm. good energy, good vibe. When I met her, she was um, promoting a not a uh, fundraiser which is like a um it was a um fashion show okay and the fashion show was actually yesterday and it was really really great and um i helped her over these last two weeks um with the rest of her team shout out to all of the members of whole life healing center and um we yeah it was it was blessed it was so I didn't even know it was going to be what it was, because like I said, I just met her and I just okay. was following what the Lord was telling me as well, you know, um, okay. to get involved. So it's something I've been wanting to do, put a get a not-for-profit together for domestic violence awareness, um, and she's already done it. Um, she was so powerful when she was in the shelter. This is a college grad uh, woman. That was working at a hundred thousand dollar a year paying job in wow. hr human resources and mm-hmm. she gave all that up when she moved into the shelter she said you have to give up everything you, you know she said she didn't that, even have that a to me
0: right that yeah, i think that's one of the hardest things is knowing that you really have to like cut the life that you have yeah and and start from zero and recreate a life because another human being has created Decided.
5: That they want to, yeah. They take it control away from you. Yeah, they want to, yeah. yeah,
0: take full control. Yeah, that's so yeah. true. She's
5: a, she's a big, tall lady. She's like six foot two, um, so she ain't no, you know, she ain't no punk. You know, it wasn't right for her. It wasn't so much physical abuse; it was more mental and mm-hmm. trying to torture her in the home. Um, she mentioned like uh, her husband tried to set her on fire. She mentioned wow. that um, you know the man busting out car windows and you know, slashing tires so she couldn't work, um, you know, hiding her wallet, her credit cards, different things, you know. So it's all different levels of domestic violence. So that's why, you know, even men are victims as well. You know, of course it affects <clears throat> everybody, um, from the children this to John the Depp.
0: You think about that whole thing going on with him and, and a- her and his name.
3: Uh, and yeah. 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 And,
0: that and just the manipulation of trying yeah. to control the narrative of another human being, right? Exactly. You start off, like you said, with her with the mental abuse and when that doesn't work, it often turns to physical because they still have to find a way to control.
5: Absolutely. And yeah. And, and there are a lot it. of
2: women or people who don't even realize that they're in an abusive relationship because they, they think that it's about the physical. So if mm-hmm. they're not being hit, they feel like, well, I'm not being abused because they're not putting their hands on me. So, mm-hmm. you know, there needs to be a lot of awareness to domestic violence to know that you're in a domestic violence situation. So organizations like this are dope. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad that, you, that you're a part of it because it's about alignment. So it clearly seems that you are totally aligned because within two weeks, I think that's pretty dope. But I do yeah. want to, um I know that you're a survivor as well. So, yeah. A lot of people may, may not know that or may not know that story. Um, if you want to share that story with us.
5: Yeah, um, you know, I was a speaker yesterday at the event as well. Um, <clears throat> it was a fashion show and we actually, the models were survivors that were modeling. So it was very cool. cool. um, cool. cool. um, We had hair and makeup and nail tags and people that donated the clothing, these gowns and different clothes for these ladies and gentlemen to wear and feel special, you know, and and looking great and feeling great. So I did speak and share my story. Yes, um, I was married to a pro boxer from Brooklyn, New York um, which is my son's father, you know, that was my husband. And um, he, we went through different levels. You know, you guys, y'all know me. So, you Mm -hmm. know, y'all probably saw us together. You know what I mean? At some point, because we lived in Left Rack together in my mom's apartment when she moved out, you know, got grandfathered into the apartment. You know how that goes. Sure, I did. I called us Bonnie and Clyde for a long time. You know, we were really doing well um, and working together. I did not know that he was certified bipolar schizophrenic. I did not find that out until after he died. So over the years, things just, just switched um i guess he wasn't as active boxing you know cuz he you know went from being a champion um boxer pro boxer and then he kind of got out of it and he kind of let his body go and you know um i was doing my thing and i guess you know somewhat of jealousy somewhat of you know wanting to control me um, right we used to get not money. have you
0: get so big that you leave right because right. well, not-
5: some of it um or him more wanting to control it because you know, um y'all remember when i had the g-wagon and all of that i didn't get that off money i made from the music industry you know me and him we hustled and got that you know what i'm saying doing our own little licks and stuff like that so mm-hmm. um you know i think i was maturing a different way you know people mm-hmm. as they as we get older we you know, we don't always go down the same path. So when I say this, that's why I, I think it's all about accountability, right? So we were getting mm-hmm. money together. And when I kind of outgrew those type of things and I was saying, you know, let's just, you know, invest our money in legit things and whatever, stop it. Um, I kind of say that threw him off. You know, he didn't he didn't want to stop getting it that way. And uh, I guess he thought he was gonna force me to keep doing those type of things. And I wasn't with it. So um I decided that I was done. You know, even though we lived separately a lot, we were still married. We would still, you know, go see each other, you know, or whatever. But we were living in different cities when I told him that I was done. And um that started six years of stalking by him and um there was a yeah, most of it, a lot of it was verbal abuse, you know, him telling me he would kill me, him telling me he will kill my family, um, you know, I, you can't leave me. So the man would pop up. I lived in St. Louis. Um, the first time he ever put hands on me, and he popped up, broke into the house and was hiding under my bed, and wow. I was on, the phone and he wow. just popped, out. yeah, popped out from under the bed and started beating on me, just you know beat me in my face and him being a boxer, you know, those blows are calculated, you know, I'm five, two, he was six, four. So, Mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, uh, it was crazy. And from then, you know, I was like, well, you know, I'm done. I can't even like try to talk to you. And, um, six years later I was in Atlanta and, um, honestly just trying to get on with my life. And, you know, he just would not stop with the trying to control me. I did want him in my son's life, you know. I only have one child. So I was trying to see if we could co-parent. But um, it wasn't going to happen. And um, when we were in Atlanta that day, we were actually at a hotel. And there was a gun involved. And um, we were kind of fighting over the gun. And I managed to get a hold of it and got shot in the shoulder. He, he did. And when he got shot in the shoulder, instead of sitting down and let the ambulance come, he gets the gun and starts beating me in my head and face with the gun. So the bullet went to his heart and he bled out in the ambulance. And um, that's literally how he died. So, you know, I talk a lot about how us in the black and brown community, we tend to judge each other. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, not find out facts. Um, When you Google me, it says 90s singer kills Boxer. Yes.
3: Right. I
5: I take a big issue with that because I didn't kill him. Um, I didn't want him dead. I wasn't trying to kill him. I was definitely trying to protect myself from being killed. Um, So it's very hurtful. Um, Do you think that he was trying uh, to kill you that day? I know he was. I know he was. Uh, they had to sew me back up. You know, they had to sew my head back up. I still have where the staples and stitches were in my in my face. Um, mm-hmm. you know, by the grace of God, I didn't have to have plastic surgery, you know, which we definitely were looking into that because for all, about two years, at least two years, I was still bearing all of the scars from it. And I still feel like I have, like,
0: so have like dark circles under my
2: eyes but yeah, I just I got
0: mine day. naturally yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like getting no sleep. my dark circles come from age honey
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's funny like when I asked you about the show I've never had this conversation and I know that when I got the phone when I found out what happened I know I reached out to you you said you was okay and I left it at that and I never really asked you any questions about it until I saw your right. post but from from knowing you and from knowing your ex, it's like I would have never ever dreamed or imagined. But seeing that that even coming, is there anything that you would tell people like, how can you? Is there a way you could see it coming before it actually happens? Should you take action before the, the the physical abuse even starts? Because from us, you like you said, you guys were Bonnie and Clyde, so I I never even. It was shocking.
5: Yeah. um, Yeah, there were definitely signs. You know, like I said, this was six years. And I probably should have stayed away even more because that day that he died, I chose to try to talk to him, communicate with him Mm -hmm. when it was moot. I should have just you know, stayed away. You know, there's so Does many. Did your son happen.
0: play a part in that in that decision?
5: Because I know too. you said you were trying to
0: co-parent.
5: I was. I was. I've I've always known um, friends and family, um, and they're weren't able to co-parent with their the man um, because of different reasons. And I just never wanted that for my son. You know, right. I wanted him right. to know his dad. He didn't have. You know, my dad lives far. So my son doesn't have a whole bunch of uh, male role models or men around. Um, His grandfather is dead on Ernest's side. He was already passed and, you know, him and his mom went through their own domestic violence stuff, right? So he died Mm -hmm. violently, also, Ernest's dad. So I was just hoping to not have this be a generational thing and a repeat thing. So I was, um, I can say, ladies, you know, Unfortunately, we have to live in the truth of what's really going on and um, maybe not try to say, oh, it'll be all right. Oh, I could change him. Oh, you know, he'll stop. Or even if he says, okay, I won't do it again, and then hit you again, and then I won't do it again, then hit you again. I learned from Mia. Mia Miranda is the director of Whole Life Healing Center. I learned from her that most victims go back at least nine times, up to nine times. Wow. That's crazy. People Mm -hmm. getting their face broken, arm broken, going in the hospital, all type of things, and they go back. You know? Um, So all I can say is we have to view, if a person says they want to kill you, um, um, domestic violence, physical abuse, like somebody is really trying to kill you, as if like absolutely you were like playing on the highway or fell onto train tracks or any other lethal behavior.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely,
5: you know I mean? because it's all mental. So we have to look at it like that and act accordingly and that's then right. it
0: requires you to and that's uh, the I part i think that people struggle with is is stopping your entire life right and and being in a place where you could pretty much hide right so kia for you you are in the industry so it's not like you're just going to be able to disappear but t- it I requires t- that to some degree
5: i did i did i tried to so that year um, when i moved to atlanta um you know it was me trying to just move on you know leave him alone and you know just hope that he would just calm down get with another yeah. chick like he had other chicks but he still kind of wanted me available and that control would, you know he would tell these women like oh yeah we're we're getting a divorce we're separated you know but he still wanted me to come get up with him. When we were getting money together, there was a time that I would—I didn't want to live with him anymore. But to keep the money flowing, I would go see him, and I'm—I'm you know, I'm telling on myself. I would go see him and um, you know have sex with him just so that he would keep paying the bills. And you know then I would just go on back to my life. And he would go back to the chick he was with or whatever. We did that for a, a year or two. You know, Mm -hmm. I lived in St. Louis and he was living in um, Memphis, Tennessee area. And um, I just, the day that I woke up was I went to visit my son. My son was staying with him at the time in Memphis with this other woman. And I went to visit my son and I'm legally married to this man. And I'm sleeping in the guest room, like in my son's room. And he's in the master bedroom suite with this other woman. And mm. I really did not sleep, and I was like, "Wow, bitch, who the hell is this?" Like, <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> something is something, something wrong. With I, that. It's... To myself. I was like, "You are Kia Motherfucking Jeffries." Like, what? Are we that's doing? right. That's right. What are we doing? No, ma'am. And and when I went back to St. Louis, I said, "You know what? Game over. You know, I, it's not worth it." And that's when I I let them take back the G wagon. I moved out of the apartment in St. Louis, you know, me and him went through the thing because when I left, I said to him, like, listen, I'm done. I said, we can try to work on our relationship. If you're willing to leave these women alone, stop chasing money like this. Cause you know, all these chicks had money, power, different mm-hmm. scenarios. Right. So I said, you know, we've gotten money together before money is not my God. I'm not going to keep living like this. I said, so if you are interested in us trying to, you know, be together without these other people and everything, we could rock. If not, you know, go ahead with your life. We could co-parent and that would be fine. And that was unacceptable for him. And that's- Did you ever,
0: so you never went into a shelter or anything of that nature?
5: So when I left St. Louis, I moved. My mom was living in uh, Hampton, Virginia, at the time, and I just, you know, I felt embarrassed, honestly, mm-hmm. and I and I really didn't want to go live with my mother, um, mm-hmm. so I avoided that. I went and lived with a good friend of mine, Nikki Turner, the book writer.
3: She mm-hmm. lives in mm-hmm. Richmond,
5: Virginia. You know, she wrote that "Not Riding Dirty on I-95." And um, mm-hmm. oh, okay. She wrote a book with fifty cents. You know, she Yeah, I know bit of a the book. Mm-hmm. Book. She took me and of a little bit of a little bit of We stayed with her for a while and um, eventually a while, did end up going with my mom and just um, sucking it up and humbling myself and knowing like, listen, who else are you going to go with? <laughs> you know what I mean? Who else? a little bit of a little yeah right uh, um, our parents are, are here, God bless her, that um even after Ernest uh, died, she moved to Atlanta. She gave up her life in Virginia and moved to Atlanta to help me um with him. So mm-hmm. wow.
3: yeah.
5: there's a there's that, a comment.
0: Understand. Yeah, there's a comment in the um chat that I wanted you to talk about um that asked whether or not it you it was a, a self-esteem issue that um got you into that you know, domestic violence situation, do you feel that that had anything to do with it? She's frozen like this. I think she's frozen. I think she's frozen. Well, the reason why I want it while she gets it together, the reason why I thought that was a good question is because oftentimes people feel (laughs) that domestic violence happens to women who have low self-esteem. And that that is the way that men prey on women. But I don't know if I necessarily agree with that because um, domestic violence can happen to anyone, no matter how, you know, big you are.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. It can happen to anyone. Um, I don't know if it's a thing that happens to women that have low self-esteem, but I I think sometimes they act, they think that women that stay in those situations are staying because of their self-esteem. And I, I think there is some truth to that, um, because you tell yourself, or you try to, like she was saying, you tr- tr- tell yourself that you can fix the person if you change who you are. If you start doing things differently, maybe that person won't do this to me. You start to take that, you blame yourself for that happening, but not being, for being not, not being the person that they think is right, great, or right? the reasons why. Yeah, you know, I, I've been in a domestic situation. I was in a relationship for three years. So, you mm-hmm. know, in that relationship, all, it was physical, it was mental. And, and I think that I've been in several mental abusive relationships and not necessarily recognizing mental abuse, because a lot of times you don't think it's abuse because we think physical. We don't think mental, you know? So when a man is trying to belittle you or tear you down or to put you in a low place without putting his hands on you, that is abuse.
0: It is. That's I know abuse. for me, I never thought of it as abuse either because in my household, there was a lot of arguing that went on, right? And so with the arguing came the name calling and all these other negative things that went along right. with it. And for me, it was kind of like this undercurrent that you have in a relationship with a man is that sometimes you're going to have these arguments and they could get real down and dirty. And so I never thought thought of it as much of abuse because when the argument was over you'd be right back to yourself you know yeah in that way back to somebody the says
2: what you're used to seeing too I didn't see abuse in my household so you right, know for you me did. that's why I, I didn't see it in my household so it's not something that I was like okay privy to my mother and father kept their arguments to I I can't even remember I know they argued, but I couldn't tell you what they were arguing about mm. Let's so it was Kea a thing where I, I yes
3: yeah, bring kia back in stream. hold on hey girl hey
0: Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> i had brought up the question before you got disconnected um and we just kind of kept talking about it about um one of the oh, people self-esteem. in the chat asked about whether or not it was a self-esteem issue that you know, I think created the scenario and I wanted you to
5: address that. So I don't know if it was self-esteem. I think initially me getting with Ernest, um, it was a protection, you know, you guys know I'm an only child and Mm -hmm. I was raised in New York by myself. I don't have any cousins, family members in New York city. All my people are down South Detroit, you know, Memphis, Chicago, seattle i didn't have one other uh family member besides my my mom and dad in new york mm-hmm. so i was i felt very alone if y'all remember i was bullied as a little girl i remember um i do um, remember so i left junior sorry was girl. i one of them
0: because i wasn't that nice <laughs>
5: You weren't one of them to me. Thank you. I was. Her, I
0: was a protector. I used to. Get,
2: I used was, to protect Michelle you. Was a protector, <laughs>
5: and, um, Jeff and them, they were my protectors. Um, but yeah, I was bullied, so I feel like I was, you know, maybe looking for someone that could protect me. Um yeah. And he was a boxer. He's big. He was strong. And I guess you know that was part of it for me you know mm-hmm, yeah. thank you um but i don't think i don't really think it was self-esteem i think um we were both some really hustling ass money getting
3: ass
5: <laughs> <people. laughs> when i met that man when i met him um i was with ed lover at caroline's comedy club in the city and he was with some little ball of dudes at the table and I just got on the mic for a second to sing some little thing that Ed Lover was making a joke about. And, um, you know, he approached me after the show. And the first day we went out a couple of, a few days ago, he gave me some uh, fake $20 bills, you know, like um, mm-hmm. we met on the street, we was about to go to dinner, but we was like on the street and on the little newsstands, And he was like, you want something for the newsstand? I was like, sure. He gave me a 20. I went and bought something. He was like, that's all you want? You didn't want something else? You didn't want a drink or whatever. I was like, okay. Well, you want something? He was like, yeah, give me something, something, something. And he gave me another 20. And I was like, nah, just let me get the change. And he was like, nah, he gave me the next 20. So when it came back again, I was like, what's going on here? Like, why are you giving me, you know, fake 20s. He was like, they fake 20s. I was like, oh, and you didn't tell me? Like, really? That's That's crazy. Then I was like, you got some more? And so you know, it, was, it was terrible, you know. It was terrible, and I can't even say that I got that way from him because I mean, you know, I was getting money at Red Lobster. You know, shout out to the, all the Red Lobster crew. Um, you know, they showed me how to, you know, work the system. I'm gonna say it like that: work the system. Um, so I know I went to. I was on um, five year federal probation when I met him for, you know, messing with forged securities and and, um, Mm. things like that. So, yeah, I was a (laughs) hustler, (laughs) baby. We have in common. And, um, you know, chasing money and, um, you know, doing things, you know, questionable things to get money definitely was, um, you know, it wasn't, it, it didn't turn out good, just... And like i said i was ready to leave that lifestyle alone and he wasn't mm-hmm. you know? yeah so no, i wanted not want to keep it, it going but i was used to living a certain type of way you know so hey, he was um, yeah a little, bit. <laughs> a little mm-hmm. bit we was feeling good um so yeah i don't think it was too much of a self-esteem issue but i think that i definitely was embarrassed because i've always been a strong chick y'all know me i graduated high school and went to Japan singing and singing back up for Shaka Khan and Darryl right. Hall from Hall of Notes and just, you know, living my best life in the industry, you know. Um, so I wasn't sharing that this verbal abuse was happening later. I didn't talk about that a lot to a lot of people because I I was embarrassed and I felt like people would judge me and be like, well, you know, like even after it happened, people would say things like, well, how did you let that happen? And I'm like, how, how did you let, you let
0: it happen? How did it you let it happen, right? Somebody
5: tried to kill you, you happened, I don't I don't know.
2: And, and that's the answer. thing that, we, and like you just said, women don't wanna speak up because of embarrassment, because of what people gonna say.
5: Yeah. if they're going
2: you.
3: They're, they're gonna
2: blame fault.
5: you, they do. yeah. They do, and his and mom, like I still don't speak to his mother, or she doesn't speak to me, I should say, she hasn't spoken to me in 10 years since this happened um you know i guess she blames me but you know i begged her to come and get him send somebody to atlanta to get him to deal with him um god bless my my brother cousin uh, from memphis tennessee they were actually good friends and um but he had to be my protector here in atlanta at times but Mm -hmm. he wasn't around that night he wasn't around that night
0: Ten years later, Kia, how do you feel like it? It still affects you, or if it does at all?
5: Absolutely, every day. Mm-hmm. Every day, because it was um, it's it's a tragedy, and right. it haunts me. You know, absolutely. The things that I think about that maybe I could have done different. Um, just that night, um, him beating me with the gun, and I blacked out. And when I blacked out, I really thought that I was dead. In my mm. mind, I was dead. Oh. And I was talking to God. And I was saying, okay, Lord, this," he said he was going to kill me. So, you know, here I am. This is it. And um, it wasn't. So, he had thrown his whole body on me. By this time, that man was probably walking around at um, uh, maybe 250, 250 pounds. Mm-hmm. He's a big so dude. He threw, his, he threw his body on me and was just beating me, beating me with the gun. And um, I couldn't get away from him, but um, you know, he had already been shot. So his blood was pouring out of him and Mm. he eventually started slowing down. But that last major hit where I blacked out, I really thought it was it, but it's like, I heard God talking to me saying, nah, you okay. You know? Just keep struggling. You can you know, you you're gonna be all right. right And I'm and I remember myself saying to God, like, Are you sure? Like literally.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, Cause I don't feel like it. Like it. Right.
5: Really?
0: Yeah, it sounds to me like you carry guilt about it. Do you carry I, guilt?
5: Of course. That's my son's father. And right I really did have love for him and I really didn't want this to happen. But I felt it. I tell you, um, a year before he died you know, me still, still, you know, making my little money. I was in Atlanta and I was doing a run. I drove this dude from Atlanta to um, South Carolina somewhere and I didn't want to know what he had in the bag back there, right, but we happened to get pulled over. I ended up getting locked up for what he had in the bag because I was driving the car, right, and he would not own up to the shit. So I got locked up for a week in um, South Carolina and I was hiding from Ernest at this time. Uh, He didn't know what address me and my son were living at in Atlanta. We had moved out of this really beautiful apartment into the hood, into the little Spanish hood. You know, if y'all ever come Mm -hmm. to Atlanta, you know the Mexican (laughs) rule down here in Norcross, okay? So I was living in this little, you know, community and I was hiding. Um, I had joined a church in Dunwoody and this church had actually put up the money for me to move into this apartment and I was hiding. And um, my parents called Ernest when I got locked up. Mm. And I, wow. that just dropped my heart because I felt like, ooh, this ain't gonna be good. Good, you know? no. Um, I remember he came to visit me at the jail and he was had this crazy smile on his face, you know? And he was like, "Ooh, you you gonna blow up now? You know everybody, all you celebrities, when y'all get locked up, you gonna blow up, you know?" Because I had the orange jumpsuit on. He was like, "Damn, I should should have had my camera so I could take a picture." And I'm looking, wow. at like, oh. "Oh, wow, wow." Oh, he crazy. He was definitely definitely, you know, mentally disturbed in a few ways, probably from the boxing as well as this uh, schizophrenia and or whatever. Yeah. Bipolar. And I didn't even know about that. I'm just thinking the boxing and just mm-hmm. like, you know, he's from Brooklyn, from Bed-Stuy. Um, they have a different type of mentality, y'all know, than, than we do. Yes. In um, you know, so I felt eerily like, ooh, this is gonna be bad. And I yeah. remember he picked me up from jail and took me back to that apartment. And, um, you know, of course I want to wash the jail off me and just sleep. You know so while i'm trying to get some sleep he's going through my phone and looking at stuff and he wakes me up by dragging me out and throwing me against the wall who's this nigga in his phone and blah blah blah, all of this stuff and it was just like yo you living your life you got women we've been separated for five years at this time you know Uh and it was like you know stop it but he he wanted that control you know yeah he had to have it he 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 did and um you know, it was bad.
2: It how, was bad. Z, how I just what? I just want to ask about Z, your your son. How did how was he through all of this?
5: You know, Zaire, he's amazing. I'm um very happy to say he graduated college last year. Um, he went to uh University of Northern Illinois on a full basketball scholarship and he graduated with a psychology degree. He um uh, decided that he wants to do like um uh, Mental health for mm. sports for athletes, so,
3: wow, I love it. yeah, because yes. um,
5: a lot more athletes go through this stuff than we know, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's a common thing, unfortunately. So, um, he's in Vegas living his best life. Um, you know, oh, it's nine o'clock, that's your time thing. <laughs> no,
2: actually, no, it wasn't even for this. My phone was mm-hmm. cutting me off.
5: <laughs> okay. No, keep going. One of no, the one I, I of just the want reasons. To keep going. I don't want to cut. cut yeah, this. So I, feel, I feel I still wonder if there's some type of pent up rage in him, um, because of his father and his grandfather who had that mm. issue. Um, and I can say it bothers me a little bit because he's like he bigs up his dad a lot on, on his social media, mm. and um. It doesn't bother me that he does it. I just don't see him saying a lot about me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right.
1: That's what I was gonna ask. How's the relationship with your son? Does he put any blame on you? I Have you ever so. had any discussion?
5: We've had the conversation um, a few times. Um, not to overdwell. We both had a little bit of therapy in the you know, when it first happened, but here in Georgia it was real Nobody that could relate. It was white folks, yeah, that didn't get it. Um, so I don't think that really helped either one of us. But just time, and um, we did talk about it. And I haven't been this vocal uh, until now. Um, yeah, I'm just. Feeling did you say anything
0: to your son before you decided that you were going to use social media as a platform to really reach out to people? Like, because I, I know it affects to him. him to- yeah. yeah,
5: I asked him if he, you know, I told him that I was gonna be doing more things, and um, you know, he's okay,
3: mm-hmm. you know, um,
5: that's good. A lot of things that he doesn't know, all these so many, so many details. Um, so I feel like he's 24 now, so he's right. able to um understand better as he's getting, yeah,
2: older. as he gets and old, absolutely.
5: Um, I gotta tell my truth. And I think meeting Mia uh, two Mondays ago, it just did something. Well, it so I put the post up really more because a, a mutual friend of all of ours, I'm not gonna say his name because I don't want to embarrass him, <laughs> but y'all all know him and y'all know that we've always liked each other. Um, <laughs> so I, y'all can guess who it is <laughs> you know he said something to me while we were talking and he said uh um, he said yeah well you know you had to kill him so it was what it was and i said well no i didn't kill him and he said well what do you mean if you didn't kill him you know how'd he die who killed him you know and it was real callous the way he said it you know yeah and i said well i mean he died trying to kill me is actually what happened he said oh well, you're gonna need some receipts for that and i was like oh mm-hmm. wow mm-hmm. wow it. Really? But that's the
2: way a lot of people feel, though. They really feel that way.
5: Exactly. And so I said, well, I've got receipts because I've never uh, been arrested for this situation. Every time he put hands on me, I documented it. I called 911. Either they came to me or I went in and let them take pictures and different things. So when that last incident happened, I was not arrested. Mm -hmm. They got my story from me after they sold me up pumped me up with some type of um, drugs for the pain. I went to the police precinct. They got my statement and they let me go. And
3: uh-huh. they actually wow.
5: said, they said that what I, my, my uh, statement to them made sense. And what he said before he died in the ambulance corroborated what I was saying.
2: Wow. Wow. Said, wow. Well, what
5: was that? I said, well, what what did he say? And they both looked at each other, these are two cops, Gwinnett County police. And they said, Well, ma'am, you don't you don't wanna know. Wow. They wow. Said, well, I know. and I opened my mouth like three times to say something else. And something in my brain, the Lord, whatever, said, Yeah, just get up and walk out.
2: Just- you don't wanna know, right?
5: Yeah, go on about your business and, and and just try to piece your life back together. And that's what I did. I was covered wow. in his blood. I thought it was raining. Like when I got out from under his body and ran out wow. of the hotel, I was outside, the sirens were coming, the ambulance was there, there was a guy there um, trying to get me to sit down on the curb or whatever. And I kept saying, well, I don't want to sit in the rain. And I was like, wow. you know, doing like this and doing like this. Like, you know, I was like, it's raining. I don't want to sit down. Why are you trying to make me sit outside? He was like, ma'am, it's not raining. And I was like, and then i looked at my hands and i saw that it was just blood like it was literally that much blood all over me um so
2: you know this is my first time hearing the full story i mean i've read things and this is my first time hearing it from your
5: mouth yeah right because i never asked we're doing a documentary you know book movie something of this nature because there's so many other details like you know, I had a, a cop come to Georgia after he died asking me about a murder. Wow. Um, my husband being involved wow. in a murder. Um, so there's a lot of things that I went through with this man. Um, as his wife, I just found out he uh tried to pay somebody twenty thousand dollars to kill me. Whoa. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. It, it gets so, deeper and deeper. It gets yeah. deeper.
1: So does your son actually have a relationship with his dad's family
5: yes relationship somewhat with the uncles you know ernest was um the second oldest of nine children Mm. so he's got uh seven eight eight brothers and sisters so he's um you know a couple of his uncles are doing life in prison um the family's got a lot of uh a lot of criminal and violent history, um, unfortunately. You know, Greg mm-hmm. that breeds a lot of um, these type of situations, unfortunately.
0: Desperation. And, yeah. Right? Survival so, and desperation.
5: But he does. He has somewhat of a relationship. He doesn't talk to his other grandmother that often, but I know he does, you know, reach out to her. And uh, they speak from time to time. He's in touch with a couple of his uncles.
0: You know, we, we had
5: one of his uncles living with us at one point when we were, when he was young, His, you know. So yeah. we, you know, we went through a lot as a family and I'm, I'm just hoping that we can heal. I would love to still be cool with his mother. Me and his mother never had any problems prior to this. So it's really sad. It really, you know, it's really sad. So yeah, I, I have nightmares still Sometimes. Um and I just I just
1: get sad. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm still single and it's it's tough. Yeah, because like yeah, I, I understand. Said, I, I never like I said, they were like the the Batman and Robin, you know, when we would see them together. So it yeah. it, it it was it was different. And they, you know, to me, as a couple, I would say they spoke the same language. So mm-hmm. it's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's really, really so it was hard for me to, to really uh, you know, adjust and understand it, but I would never act about it, you know, because so I know you must be going through a lot, even though it's changing later. But yeah. sometimes it's like your relationship was just y'all with that couple where if I see her, it's like it's red. I could see him two hours later, it's still gonna be red. That's how they work so you know it's
0: hard let me ask you a question key do you have i know like for me when i'm after a relationship has been bad and over i can always look back and say to myself i know when i should have left right like i'm for me and obviously not the type of same type of situation but do you have that thing in your head where you say to yourself it was a a summer night. <laughs> he did X, yeah. Y, and C. <laughs> if I had a left then, right,
5: right, again, it would have changed like said, the
0: course of my life. Like that I mean, one thing. Like, and you go, ooh, I wasn't paying attention.
5: Well, I, I did leave, and um, mm-hmm. I feel like I said that scenario of me getting locked up and him being the one to come and get me after we were in hiding. I believe that turned it
2: because she that was already gone it. at that point. You were already I was gone. Already
5: gone. Me and Zaire were in hiding. Zaire was still really young. He was maybe like 11, 12 at this time. So we were, I feel like if maybe I hadn't gotten locked up or if my parents hadn't called him to come and deal with it, I feel like now like I would have rather have stayed in longer. Yeah, mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and then handled it myself, you know, so that he would not have to know where we were living at this time and would not have been around me. I think um, that played a huge part. Um, Did your parents know the severity? It's stalker, huh?
0: Did your parents know the severity of the relationship?
5: They knew what I was telling them. I, I definitely told my mom, like, why would you call him? Like, we're literally hiding from him. He does not have our address. right? So I wouldn't want him to come get me. She was like, well, who else was I going to call? And that's his son. And, you know, my parents Mm. are old school. Yeah, They're Mm -hmm. not from New York City. They are from the South. So they're not understanding the levels of um, the domestic violence and the levels of just the violence, period, that goes on in New York City, that goes on in Brooklyn. Right. You know what I mean? Had either one of them maybe been from New York, they might not have reacted like that you know what i mean i think they just didn't know and i don't blame them because you never
0: think that this man is gonna do something that horrible right because you know people it feels like i mean right but i mean your parents you know yeah they did you did but your parents would say he loves her you know no matter how much they fight he's never gonna do anything to really harm
5: you uh i mean at this point he had put hands on me before right and we we were running and hiding from him, living, you know, um, you know, somewhere where he didn't know. But yeah, you know, in their mind, they probably would never get to this level. You mm-hmm. know, they would not think that. Uh my parents don't know nothing about having guns and you know. Right. You know, they that's not their life. That's not their life. So they Right. They, so
2: they would had no idea. They thought they were helping. Honestly, they probably yeah, thought they were helping. Yeah,
5: that's his son. You know, who else is gonna go and deal with you know his son while I'm locked up? Which, right. You know, was probably correct on that level. But you know, I would have rather at this point now knowing, I definitely would have rather let Z go with a friend because he, you know, we had friends um, that he probably right. stayed with uh, in a, in the neighborhood or from high school from his junior high school that he was in, and. um mm-hmm. He could have stayed with them until one of my parents could have gotten to atlanta um you know so yeah, yeah I, I really feel that was the pivotal point um right yeah unfortunately you know it's it's, it's, it's sad that's why they call it a tragedy because you know, yeah, it's it is trage- definitely a tragedy like this, you never get over it and um you know it took me a long time to meet a man that I would even try to claim. Um, I just met someone about a year ago and um it's still very slow roll, you know. He lives in Virginia Beach. Yeah. I lived there for a minute, but we didn't live together, you know, we taking our time. Um, but he's a sweetheart of a man. You know,
1: how very- is he how like even with dating him, like how is the situation like does is he aware of the situation? Do y'all oh, communicate? Yeah about it, and what is his perspective on the situation?
5: I mean, you know, he's um, sorry that I went through that. Um, He's a very nurturing man, a very um, understanding, uh, healing type of man. He's had his own demons and and dealt with his own um, uh, um, depression issues. Okay. So he, so he has empathy on from a few levels. You know, mm-hmm. he's been married a couple of times. He has a bunch of kids. Got seven <laughs> children. You know, so seven. Seven. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's why I said rolling so, He <laughs> like,
2: hold on. <laughs> <laughs> the kids like, wait I don't know if I want to get into that, but okay. <laughs> I mean,
3: you know,
5: it is what it is. He's a sweetheart, but at this point in our lives, you know. Because he's still got a lot of responsibilities. He's a, He has a young daughter who's, uh, I think, 11, 12. So he's oh, still at that. Yes. At that stage. He's so still got to be daddy. Exactly, yeah, mm-hmm. so we're not exactly in the same places in our lives. But I thank the Lord um, for meeting him because I literally have talked to him every single day since the day we met last round. Mm. We talk That's every day. He's a truck driver, That's
2: so the, he's you know, he's over the road, he's, he's
1: on the road, road. Yeah. he has a truck for Walmart, so he's a, he's a sweetheart. Yeah, he, so let me, he on, I got oh, one second on that note, he's got to be because yeah. when you're busy and you can really take the time out and have a conversation every day, yeah, yeah, he's he's a good guy, he's really no,
2: good. He's a good guy. Good I, guy. So, if, <laughs> if you could speak to a woman or women that are in a domestic situation, what would you tell them?
5: I would just tell them to read the signs. And like I said, look at it like your life is in danger. If somebody's telling you they will kill you, believe it.
3: Mm -hmm. Don't
5: take that like, oh, he's just talking or whatever. Um, I would say to ladies and gentlemen, don't all of the, um, when people like to go through your phone, right? Mm -hmm. And people are trying to tell you how to dress all of these different things; these are red flags.
0: Isolating absolutely. you from your friends, absolutely.
5: Flags. That is something that Ernest did too. He isolate. He knew that I was an only child, and I didn't have a lot of people, you know, mm-hmm. that I would even call on because I was very proud. You know, I wouldn't have told a whole lot of people what was going on. He knew that, and he took advantage mm-hmm. of that. But I would tell ladies and gentlemen, it's not cute. For somebody to want to go through your phone, your mail, this and that, and the third, Um, it's okay to have some privacy in a relationship. Um, Somebody wanting to go through your phone and, you know, confront you about every guy that that reacts to your social media and things like this, that's not love. That's control. Mm -hmm. You know, and know the difference. You know, somebody that loves you should trust you and somebody that you you. like to trust and respect. And, um, you know, he's a boxer, famous boxer. I'm a famous singer, songwriter. We both out here in the world, you know? Right. How dare you be jealous of, you know, people.
2: Yeah. Yeah, because you're interacting with a bunch of people all the time, so that's crazy.
5: And then even people that are not into that, you know, it's still not cool. Um, so don't think that that's love you know I think a lot of people have it twisted and they say well you know he does that because he love me you know mm-hmm. mm, I hear made that the, joke, all the time Martin made the joke about the man showing up at the club with the slippers on you know right. with his dick <laughs> or whatever but that's too much
2: but women thought yeah. that was cute though they thought, that they was thought cute. it was
5: cute there was a time when I was trying to co-parent with Ernest after we were separated I, and I moved out of Nikki's house I moved in with my mom in Virginia, and the house next door to her became available. So I moved into this house, and I let him come, hoping that we could co-parent, right? Hoping that we could maybe try to talk about something to get back to something that was normal. And um, I had a meeting. Um, It was at night, but it wasn't that late, but it was a meeting. Um, And this man put a recorder in my purse to record And I, of course, I'm not stupid. I saw the recorder way before I even got to the meeting, so I turned it off. Had my meeting, came back home. When I come home, he's like, "Hey, how was everything?" I'm like, "Good." He's like, reaching for my purse, and I'm like, "I'm like, what's up?" Oh no, I wanted something. I was like, "Oh here, what this?" And I gave him the recorder. <laughs> the recorder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's like, push and play. Oh, nothing's on me. I was like, "Yeah, I turned it off." Oh, how you gonna turn it off? Cause I'm not your child, yo. We're mm. contr- no, right. We're not, but that turned into a whole thing where he tried to smother me, he raped me that night. You know what I mean? So it was a lot, man. Over the years, it was a lot. It was. A yeah, lot. when you, you know and and you for know. for
2: anyone in a domestic situation, when you leave, stay gone. Because, like you said, they we come back, they come, come back.
5: back. Stay You're gone. Thinking stay. that you can fix it thinking that at least you could co-parent thinking that you know right thinking logically when a person is completely illogical right you know that was my mistake and thinking you could
0: control the narrative right because that's part of it is like i can talk to him i can keep him calm i can make the situation work for the betterment of you know, me not having to hide, my, my son being able to have a relationship exactly. with his father, exactly. you think you could control the narrative, right? right? And unfortunately, it it. we don't know how far someone would go, right? Because there are some women, like you said, Kia, that you documented the abuse every single time. There are women yeah. that have um, orders of protection out. They got, you know, police watch. They got all kind of things going on trying mm-hmm. to control the narrative mm-hmm. and still they you know women get killed in many of these situations like it could have been a whole
5: different story Absolutely. For you and so. women that protect themselves end up going to jail as well yes so i know that i yeah. was lucky that my scenario was not like that you mm-hmm. know um me having the documentation the receipts as that person as said, they call it right um helped my situation not be the worst that it could be, but just think the wrong cop.
3: Yeah, right? and you,
5: the wrong absolutely enforcement that felt some other type of way. Uh, yeah, that say know, things to you like, gone.
0: "What did you do?" Yeah, I mean, right
5: time when we uh, had a, a thing in St. Louis when he jumped out from under the bed. He had uh, came to visit from, I guess, New York or Memphis of oh, memphis and uh you know i smoked weed most of my life and he had brought me some weed and um when i called the police on him he told them yeah she got a pound of weed in there and you know she be she's a queen pen and she be selling drugs and all of that <laughs> wow and they literally wow. arrested me they arrested me those police in st louis and i had wow. a case for a year until they threw that out i had to go back and forth from virginia to st louis to fight that case and he didn't care wh- whether our son was gonna have to be in a damn, you know, child yeah. welfare, you know, foster care or something. Like he was just so, you know, when people get on that, they don't care. You know. They don't care.
3: Hey,
1: you know, that's, that's funny that, that mm-hmm. you say the opening things. I remember, you know, um when I was in a relationship. And we had a fight. Not even a fight. We had an argument. And I threw shoot shoe down the stairs and said, I can't take this. And I left. She was angry and called the cops. They came knocking on my door. Domestic violence is very serious. And when they broke everything down to me, they said that this is only the beginning. That you don't know where this can lead to. That's, now, I find... Because I'm sitting there like, are you serious? And it, it was it was crazy because I actually had to go through this system about mm-hmm. this. And it, it was an angry situation because, you know, the DA and them, they want to put felony charges on you. And, you know, uh, eventually it gets thrown out. But all of that is done right. into prevention to prevent situations like this from happening. So you write the, the paper trail is really really it's super important it, it's, it's, it is super yeah. important though but i never thought back then looking at it now now i understand it you know because right. it, it's stuff that starts early yeah
0: it does well that's why programs like you mentioned that organization whole life healing to me exactly. is one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on this show was one to just have the discussion, right? There are so many women that are in situations and don't know how to get out of it, you know, need help and need to be able to have the conversation beyond my pride, right? Because putting that aside, you can jump out of a situation much sooner than not wanting to tell people because you're embarrassed and so forth. And then with organizations like the one you're, working with, having the ability to, to have support in that, like just somebody that really gets it. And I think that's one of the things that's appealing to me about that program.
2: Yeah. And, um, and, and if anybody wants to go and donate, um, the website is wholelifehealingcenter.org. Yes. Yes. So go check out the website, donate. They can donate through the website, correct?
5: Absolutely. Okay. uh, Yeah, definitely donate. Um, we're actually our next event is a young man. They asked him what he wanted for his birthday. I think he's turning eleven, ten or eleven, and he said he wanted to feed the homeless and feed mm, people oh, that are oh, oh. so that's what we're doing. We're setting up a whole thing for him. So, you know, shout out to Mia Miranda is her name. Follow her oh. on uh, Facebook and a whole life healing center on Instagram. Of course, you know, I'm Kia Jeffries1 on Instagram, Kia Jeffries Mateen on Facebook. And, um, you know, I appreciate talking to y'all because, like I said, it was somebody from our hood that was saying that. And that's Mm -hmm. what made me put that post up so that people can just stop it with the judging and with the assuming and with the callousness. We have to be empathetic to each other about the things that we've gone through going through i'm not the only person that went through something like that right, right. so you know i don't want to judge anyone and i don't want anyone judging me you know and it's very important because i've lost gigs because of what when you google me that's what's said you know right I feel like right career, wow definitely I feel like my career has been stunted because of this whole situation i was on a roll y'all know it yeah mm-hmm. y'all know i was on a roll
1: do you think that if you would have talked about it earlier, because I've never known you to really, really come forward and really tell your story. It's always been what somebody else assumed.
5: Right. Do
1: you think that you, maybe you should have took this platform at an earlier stage in your career?
5: Um, I mean, I had to do what felt right. I didn't feel comfortable enough, strong enough, safe enough. Mm-hmm. You know, um, also, I thought about my child and uh, how it would affect him. And right. I really want to do this, you know, like, I feel like, you know, my, my job is done. Like he didn't graduate college. and, and mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So I feel like, you know, my mama thing is, is, is done, you know, and not right. that I was still doing my career thing, but um, I don't know. I just had to feel safe. Yeah, you I know. think this is amazing.
2: And you're right. I think healing is gonna healing is gonna be forever. Honestly,
5: I, you're gonna I, be absolutely. healing from this forever. Absolutely, and I'm still out here, and I'm still doing work, and you know, bringing up next artists as well as doing stuff myself. So you know, my chapter's not finished. I'm still out here. Of course not. Good, working of it out. Of course
0: not. Talk about the. Um. Don't you have a podcast as well? Collab the collab show. The collab show. Talk we about know, that a little bit before show. we. Um wrap this up because yeah. you know we done way over time with you girl oh. yes
2: <laughs> but you know what it was it was necessary though because this is it a is. message that it needs yes. to get out
5: absolutely it was necessary i gotta i got another thing i gotta do too i gotta jump off but yes the collab show on wu-tang radio we do have an app and um i'm also on a few other networks as well so the collab show is just you know me as i'm having fun and i'm showing you guys the younger people and the older people. I'm 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 showing the younger people how their music ain't really nothing new that we've been there done. <laughs> right. That's I'm so showing, true. But then I'm showing our age and older like, listen, some of this new music is some, is some good shit. Cause I hear okay. a lot of people like Chuck Chill out and different DJs and nice. different people in our age group that's like Ah, that new music is bullshit, and I'm like, nah. <laughs> they always <laughs> in the music. There's some really great, so I kind of bridging that gap. So yeah, it's a fun show. So I'm, okay. I'm gonna start. I have a episode out now that I put on my Facebook. You can click it and um listen to it on um SoundCloud
3: because mm-hmm. that's where
5: I'm storing them and sharing them. And um, okay, you can check it out. So I appreciate y'all. Oh, we appreciate you
0: so much. I don't know how we lost shell, but girl, thank you for coming on and sharing your story. I hope that this show really touches somebody and gives them the ability yeah. to have the strength to leave a bad situation or yeah. seek the help that they need, right? Because that's really and what this out. is really about.
5: And also, and- we we are um my family has a family business. Hey Michelle called um abs communications it is a telephone answering sh- service and okay we are open 24 hours a day 365 we're always looking for people to hire so hit me up okay um, we're also looking for businesses to answer the phone we are american based so we speak english <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It is <laughs> a big hey, deal. That's a big deal. It is a big deal. Because I am right. talking to the foreigners and I don't know what they're saying. They don't know what I'm saying. I'm like, what? 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 Yeah, <laughs> it's a good deal. So so Thank care. you. I'm out here working, moving and shaking. Collab show. Love it. Look for the documentary called "I Did Not Kill My Husband." The mm-hmm. movie, the book, the documentary. Um, you know, get into more details and definitely look for this new music. Um, I have a song called "Cry No More." that I'm gonna be putting out soon, and um, this is gonna be like a commercial for the Whole Life Healing Center as well. So again, okay. shout out to me and Miranda, and um thank you everybody that came. Make out sure
0: you let does. us know how we can support at yeah, any absolute in time. Absolutely, yes,
5: appreciate okay, it. absolutely. Appreciate your donations. Y'all can send in a little money. Yes, yes. and I absolutely and anybody that needs help um in the situation you could definitely send them my way all right
0: okay thank you okay. thank you so thank much you, love love you. Love. all right love you too yeah. peace love peace. you all right that
2: was well, so- you know needed wow. the that show needed that extra time if we need okay. that extra time for sure and um i'm i'm not i'm not mad that we went over because mm-hmm. normally i'd be sweating like we almost nine o'clock y'all <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know the, the the finals is on. I'm like, oh man, so, you know, but this is really, really worth it. It, it was, was
2: like I could we couldn't cut her off because that story was too compelling, and somebody out there is listening to this, so they needed to hear this story. And um, but if anybody is going through it, male or female we gonna, you know you can there's a domestic violence hotline that you can call if you don't know what to do how to get out of your situation call the domestic violence hotline 800-799-7233 and make sure y'all go check out the whole lifehealingcenter.org donate check out to see what they got going on to help those that are dealing with domestic violence but as you guys know we in every show with a quote and that quote is, never forget that walking away from something unhealthy is brave even if you stumble a little on your way out the door. I um, like we'll that. We yeah, will see perfect. you
0: guys next week. See Peace you next and love. Week, Thank you.
3: Thank you.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'm Team so DJ Big Rob, as we bring down the top I'm bringing talent, I'm bringing stiletto, I'm bringing Kenny Wimps, I'm bringing DJ One, DJ Zop, DJ Storm, DJ k i and Uptown Zone, Jeff Ray. For more info, go to www.thunteamrimming.com and you're it all up. Go to www.thunteamrimming.com. Jeff old white, by my comedy show, What's special feet performance for Rome. Yes, big rocks gonna be on the day. And I'm bringing my cousins with me. Conversation with my cousins on